Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. This week, I'm excited to have another local guest on the show. Her name's Beth Waters, and she's the owner of Honeysuckle Lactation here in Hood River. So thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, so what are you, what are you sipping on today? I am sipping on Frisky, Frisky by Naked Winery. It's the sparkling wine. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I like to, I like my wines drier. And so I yeah. found that, yeah, it's a really nice dry wine, but it still has some fruit. So it's, you're not just like bone dry. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah, it didn't t- it's not tasting too dry for me. I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Yeah. And big thanks to Naked Winery. Um, they're a sponsor of the show. So if you're in Hood River or Bend or Seaside, stop by and try some yummy wines. And um, you can also check out all their wines uh, on their website, nakedwinery.com. So yeah, so, <laughs> moving on uh, to all the, the fun questions about being an entrepreneur. Um, so how right. long have you been one? You know, what's your business? Um, how did you get started? You know, your story, all of that good stuff. Well, I got started in lactation from um, more of a um, doing sort of activism um, in Berkeley when I lived in Berkeley, California. And um, I always had a lot of milk. I always like, you know, because I had breastfed my son. And then when my daughter was born, I just continued breastfeeding him. And I, so I had, I was tandem nursing. And so I had a lot of milk and I got a call from my um, midwife one day saying, Hey, there's this mom who had trouble in her birth. Um, and could you donate some milk? And I was like, Oh, sure, no problem. Um, and then I started noticing on our home birth collective, because I had home birth, um, on our home birth collective uh listserv that there were people who were needing milk. Um, like, oh, my my baby needs, you know, anybody have any breast milk? My baby's throwing up formula, like desperate people. Mm. And then I've noticed like a couple days later, somebody's like, I can't, I, I don't know what to do with all this extra milk I have. Um, I have like 300 ounces of extra milk. Whoa. Um, I'm just going to pour it down the drain and nobody claims it. And I'm like, ah, like, can I connect to you people? So I started talking to my midwives about like, why isn't there a resource for this? Mm-hmm. I mean, freaking Berkeley, California people like step up. And they're like, we don't know why there isn't. So um, I said, well, why can't I just go down to the local like milk bank and get free m- breast milk? I didn't know anything, you know. Right. They're like, you can't do that. It's like $3 an ounce. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I started a breast milk collective there um, for families to connect um, around breastfeeding. And I got so involved in this. I just became so passionate about families being able to feed their babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, I heard story after story about the struggles that people were having and families were having in milk production or 
you know, maybe they were a gay couple and couldn't find breast milk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, then I would hear back from these moms like, oh, I connected with this mom. She's donating milk to me and she's only a block away from me. And we would never have found each other had, you know, we not had this resource. So that's how I got into lactation. And I started becoming more interested in, in actually pursuing a career in it. And so then I moved up here and I started um, in Hood River. I started the La Leche League, which if you don't know what La Leche League is, um, it's a international uh, volunteer organization that does peer-to-peer support. Um, so I started my group up here as a leader. I'd been like a leader for six months in Berkeley mm-hmm. and I started a group here and I like, you know, go down to dog river. And I had like one mom like show up for like <laughs> three or four months, just like the one mom. Um, then I had two moms, you know, whatever. And I, over the, over the course of like the last three years, we started growing this group and realizing that the moms here in Hood River like need each other. Like they needed the support. Um, some of them are like, this was my lifeline. I knew every week I could come here and you would be here and people would be here for me to talk to. And um, just a need, you know, to, to have that connection. And um, so, so that's how I, what I found myself doing here and working on my lactation certification. Um, and then in January, um, I finally became certified as a, um, IBCLC, which is international board certified lactation consultant. And I started honeysuckle lactation. So yeah. Um, but I should say that recently the group has changed and that like I had a leader take over the group and, um, it wasn't, she wasn't really able to commit to weekly meetings and, um, so I've changed the group now back over to Columbia Gorge postpartum support. And I'm now running weekly meetings again at Dog River Caf- uh, Cafe. So every week on Wednesday at 3 p.m., moms with new babies and moms who are postpartum can come and hang out and we can talk about any problems or anything that's going on or they just get to know each other. So that's my story. I love that. That is that's so awesome. Um, it brings me back to when I had my daughter and I concentrated so much on having her and the labor and everything like that, that I didn't even think about breastfeeding. I just kind of figured like, Oh, you know, it'll come naturally and we'll figure it out. And, Oh, it did. It did not go well. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. And it's just fine. Like we stuck through it, but, um, uh, it was painful and it was, just deflating. Like, you know, I mean, she was frustrated. I was frustrated. It hurt. Like, I just, I don't know. It just wasn't great until like eight weeks into it, you know, like that's when we like finally found our rhythm. Um, and I, yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah, like it was just, yeah, it, people, we just need support. And, you know, like, I don't know, it was hard to talk about it. Like, um, I don't know. I mean, I talked, I mean, I talked to my husband about it, but he didn't really know, you know, like, what I was going to say. He's like, yeah, no, yeah. that sucks. You know, like, <laughs> who can you talk about that with? Yeah. The- yeah right. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I just, I love that because it is, you know, it's hard. And like every time I've like talked to friends since then, um, that mm-hmm. are having babies I'm like, here's a tip, just <laughs> do a little <laughs> bit of research about breastfeeding before you have the baby. Cause don't wait till after. <laughs> 
I know. And our society really sets up the birth as the big event, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the easy part compared to everything that came after having her. And hey, I had a son too. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then you, you send moms home with this little bundle of joy, right? That, that they are just not prepared to deal with a lot of times. Yeah. It is the rare mom that's like, oh yes, I was completely prepared for postpartum and I, you know, arranged for a po- yeah, postpartum doula and a, and a, my mother to come every day. And I had a meal train and people do not realize the impact that postpartum has on mental health and yeah. on your health in general. Um, and this has been a big issue, especially moms that are like, and I got to think about how much money I'm losing because I am not making money right now while I'm healing. Right. And I have to think about going back to work. I mean, it's a huge life change. And so just recently, um, the state of Oregon passed three months of paid leave for families that have just had a baby. That's great. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And just to think we didn't have that before. Like we had moms who, you know, low income moms who were like, I have to go back to work and it's been a week and I'm not, yeah, I'm not kidding. Like horror stories of people who, um, you know, just, just even like had birth injuries who couldn't, who could not afford to have that taken care of or to heal. So, um, the support that's needed for mothers, like what I've found just in my short time as like a leader of this group is, is that it's a feminist issue. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Uh, I mean, it's just one word that's not talked about a lot. I mean, it seems like there is a little bit more now you see a little bit here and there, but, um, the impact of how it changes your life is still very downplayed, you know, and how it affects us like as the ones that gave birth and then, you know, all the stuff that, that comes after well, it. Let me just tell you, if you were like, if you had an injury and you were in sports and you were a man, they'd be like, Oh, let's send you right over to the physical therapist. Your knee, you know, needs some physical therapy, but you have a baby and they don't even tell you that there is a person who is a pelvic floor therapist that can help you with your birth injury. Mm. And that's that kind of like, um, that, that sort of shift from, you know, it's, it's really a, it's about the the patriarchal society that we live in mm-hmm. that, you know, prioritizes sort of, you know, these other injuries that you can have time off work and it's a disability if you get injured, but, you know, birth injury happens all the time and mothers aren't told about that. This is an injury until it's too late to fix right? until they can't have therapy anymore. Um, and so, so I'm, my passion and my activism is now in postpartum. Like I want, I want people to know what their rights are to know that they, you know, deserve to be able to, to have these things told to them. Um, I just posted something on my site about like, you know, birth injury and, and not, sorry, not birth injury, but, but women who are having babies oftentimes are having these abuses happen during their labor that mm-hmm. now then they have to deal with like a, a traumatic labor or whatever. Um, and that then coupled with breastfeeding, which is kind of my piece of it. It's like when I get to these moms who have had all this stuff happen to them. Oh, sorry. My daughter. <laughs> no worries. Charlotte. 
the the helicopter just lifted off i guess the helipad oh exciting anyways to restate that (laughs) like by the time i get to them and there's so much that's happened right and so trauma sometimes it's like to expect a mom to be able to just like and, and breastfeeding went fine you know, doesn't, it doesn't always go that way. Yeah. So no, that's, uh, I, I love what you're doing because it, it's just, it's so needed. It is, it is needed. Um, and I love the work that I do. I'm super, I super love, like it fills me up so much being that's with awesome. those moms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the, the best part about, you know, being entrepreneurs, we get to pursue like what lights us on fire, you know? Yes. And I, um, also I'm a musician, so I, I write songs and play music. Um, I just started playing out again here in Hood River. Oh, fun. Uh, I'll have to come see. (laughs) (laughs) That was a part of my life for a long time before I had babies and got really passionate about, um, breastfeeding and, um, and helping women. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so like, you know, like, like all of us entrepreneurs, there's always more stuff, right. That we're doing. And we're like the one, I don't know if you find that to be true with the people that you interview, but we've always got our hands in lots of pies. Yes. And like the mind is always going, there's always like something like thinking of, or, you know, I've got to do this or I could do this better. Yeah. It seems to be a common trait among all of us, (laughs) which is good and bad. Hobbies, lots of hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. No true because we tend to be a jack of all trades like oh I could totally do that too you know on top of mother and an entrepreneur and all the things yeah like (laughs) (laughs) totally um yeah that kind of leads into my next question so how do you balance your work in life like do you have any tips on what works for you or you know anything Mm -hmm. like that well I think I think life balance is almost the thing that I teach my postpartum moms Mm -hmm. um because what I find is that like and we were just actually, we were just having a conversation about this yesterday that, um, that like those first couple of years of motherhood can be super intense mm-hmm. and you, your partner gives you like an hour to like do something with your, you're like, I don't even know what to do with this hour. Like I, I needed a plan <laughs> for this <laughs> hour of time. I could do 800 things that I, you know, because you're so, there's so much that you still need to give back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so the tip is, is that if you can carve out a little bit of time for yourself, I used to like have a party while I was folding laundry. I know that's sad, but I would like pour myself a glass of wine and like watch a movie while (laughs) that's awesome. And I I was like, that's my mom party. Like, that's the way that I kind of gave back to myself a little bit while, um, while I was in the thick of it. And, um, the more that I do that, I feel like you, you really can't live your life sort of always in your business and always, Mm -hmm. you know, working, you have to find that balance, go on a hike, play music, you know, write, have a hobby. Um, there's all kinds of ways, especially here in Hood River, you know, and the other thing I wanted to, to say about that is that, um, we like, I found that the more we can connect as moms, I feel like the better we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's part of our balance, I think. Yeah. Cause it fulfills a need that's there. You know what I mean? That I think sometimes we don't even realize that it's missing right. you know, until you're kind of 
plugged into groups like that, it makes such a difference. Because then you well, don't feel alone anymore sometimes. You know, like, not that you always feel alone, but there's, I don't know, there's just, like, this little piece that's missing sometimes that only, like, mom, friends, and women, and, you know, that... Yes, there is that, it, and only they can feel, right? Yeah, totally. There's something about our evolution, and it goes back to just, you know, how we evolved as as homo sapiens and, pe- you know, as in tribes, is we never had babies alone. We didn't, uh, we weren't alone in raising our children. And I think deep down, we know that we know that within ourselves that in somehow psychically or spiritually or whatever, there's something in us that knows that that's not biologically normal for us to be alone. Mm-hmm. And so even though we have this partner, that's our, you know, could be a, a male or female partner, um, that's helping us through our, that's our partner in life there's still this missing piece of, uh, of sisterhood. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is such a need. And and especially in those first few tender years that, um, it can make the difference between doing well and doing really, really badly. And so, um, and to listen to that little internal voice and know that that's, wow, this is, this is what I'm needing. Um, that's going to help people through that balance, get that balance in life and know, okay, you know, this walk through the woods today, this, this, this made my day, this made me feel whole and balanced or this, this time with wine with my friend (laughs) was the time I needed to to talk about these things that honestly, men do not understand what we are going as women. They just, and it's not their fault. Yeah. They're not wired like that, you know? No. No. And it's, they do the best they can. It's not their fault, but, um, we need each other. Yes, totally. I totally (laughs) agree. (laughs) Um, do you have any go-to apps or any automation or anything that you use in your business to, to help it thrive and sustain and and all that stuff? I I use Wix. Um, Hmm. I'm fine. I find that Wix is easy for me to kind of like manage and control. And, um, I built my website and I'd like to keep the, you know, keep things pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're like the sole provider of a, of a clinic or a business, um, having a, your own website that you can manage. I mean, I find the apps on there really easy to use. Yeah. It's super user-friendly and it's come a long Mm -hmm. way. And like all the integrations you can do. I like Wix a lot. Totally. I, I, you know, and I go, I, you know, I've looked at other websites and other, and, but once you kind of get familiar with one kind of, um, of website platform, you sort of stick with it. Right. Um, so yeah, I find that helpful. I'm not fancy, but I get it done. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> quality over quantity, you know, like, I mean, if you know, yeah. your content's there and it's, you know, gets the job done. I mean, well, you can right. do much more. Yeah. Yeah. Straightforward. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. so what do you do to help your business grow? You know, how do you get out of your comfort zone? Um, and any tips or examples or anything like that? Out of the comfort zone for the business. I, I have a hard time tooting my own horn. That is, that is something that I struggle with regularly. Mm-hmm. And I think I do even in music, it is hard for me to be like, Hey, guess what? I'm awesome. You should check my stuff out. You know, um, that's, and that's maybe a growth area for me. Um, when I need to 
and I try to remind myself, you know, you should really hand your card to this person or you should try to get, you know, your name out to more clinics or whatever. And, and I think, um, helping my business grow, I think that, that sort of getting the group sort of back under, you know, leading the weekly group again, I think will help grow the business. Um, but it's, I'm not going to lie. It's the first year of a business. So it's still, it's still a struggle. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I mean, that's huge. Um, yeah, I think we all kind of feel like that. I mean, I'm sure you've heard, you know, like different, you know, some entrepreneurs talk about like the imposter syndrome and stuff and I don't know, like, yeah. yeah, And it's just, it's real. (laughs) Like it really is real. (laughs) Like, it's like, why should I do that? You know, why should people listen to me? And then you like sit back and you're like, Oh wait, this is why, like I do have this experience. I do have this knowledge. I, you know, I want to help people. And so, Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a struggle, um, to, to get uh-huh. past that for sure. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm humble to the point of probably not, you know, probably overly so. Um, and, and I had people recently tell me like, you know, you, your, your personality is important in like leading this group and you need to realize that. And I'm like, really? Cause I just thought I could just stick a warm body in there and it would just lead itself. And they're like, no, you need to realize that you're an important part of this whole thing. And I'm like, Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's, again, I don't know how you get past that. I mean, I think, um, I think that, 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 that's probably always going to be a growth area for me. And maybe that's a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to talk with other business women business owners and know well you're not alone in that that other people struggle with the same thing so yeah totally um yeah sometimes I talk to people I've known for a while and they're like oh and then they find out what I do and they're like I didn't know that I'm like huh I either suck at marketing or I just don't like right? talk about like what I do <laughs> well no one likes to be like you know on their Facebook page every other post being yeah like, so up for my this and that exactly know, you- yeah, there's a fine line between because sometimes you see people and you're like, okay, oh God, okay, I know what you do. Like, I don't need to see that again. Right. I don't. I want to be real. So my yeah. my whole thing with women and and their new babies is I want them to see me as a person who's who's real, who's not trying to sell them anything. Right. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable about talking to me about their issues. And so, because um, I a big part of what I do is counseling and mm-hmm. and. They, I've had to really learn how to, how to be a, an effective listener, but I absolutely can't afford for someone to feel like they can't be vulnerable with me. Right. So part of that maybe is that like that approach, um, of just being really, really, you know, straightforward and honest and like, Hey, you don't owe me anything. If you want to talk to me, I'm here for you. Yeah, so. totally. I love that. Um, so I started doing earlier this year, James Wedmore's business by design. Um, he's awesome oh. to follow, um, as like an entrepreneur and his okay. main thing is like, cause you know, a lot of people, we all struggle with like sales quote unquote and feeling salesy, oh. you know, like, and I think yeah. that's why we kind of pull back on like telling what we do. Cause we don't want people to think we're like selling to them when we're really not. But, right. you know, like it all kind of goes to that mindset of like imposter and I feel salesy, like, but he's like, all you're doing is trying to serve people. Like if you can help one person and just keep that in mind, you know, maybe by sharing what you have, like what you're, you know, you offer or, or not offer, not even like as in a sales offer, but just sharing what you do. Like maybe you're going to, that person needs you to that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I kind of like, I try to keep yeah. that in mind too. So it's like, 
all right, I really mm-hmm. do just want to help. That's like the main thing. Um, right. Something to keep in yeah, mind. I mean, there are, there are tricks to sort of being like, what do you have to offer? And is it unique? And if it's unique and you're afraid to say it, like maybe somebody would like to search you out because of your unique angle on whatever it is. That yeah. You do, right. Mm-hmm. So there's that piece of it too. And that, and so I, maybe I just need to get more bold about, you know, this is kind of my approach. Cause I'm very much about like attachment. I'm, you know, there's, there's, there's a certain approach that I have in the work that I do, but that's, it's all like evidence-based, but it's right. not, but it's more like attachment theory and, um, and evolution and, you know, sort of more, we need to hold babies close and not as Western as sort of some of the other approaches are. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that that's, I mean, I'm absolutely a hundred percent behind that and I'm not going to be like, oh, and I'm going to write this book on how to cry it out because it sells and you know, it's, there's not, it's not going to ever be my approach. So right. I would kind of, you know, try to, <laughs> you know, play that up a little bit more and be like, this is, this is how I'm different. This is how, right. you know, I look at things and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I did have this idea that I could try to start, um, a co-sleeping, uh, yeah, consulting program where mm-hmm. people how to co-sleep safely <laughs> and, um, don't scare the pants off of everybody that wants to co-sleep <laughs> like everybody else does, but just show them like, this is how we do it safely. And this is how you can do it to like better your breastfeeding situation or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like a number one concern for people. Right. Um, right, right up there with sore nipples or like, and how do I get some sleep? Right. Um, yes. <laughs> and, um, so this is something that I, I've thought about and, and I've helped like a few families like figure out their sleeping situation. And I'm like, I could totally maybe like, you know, get a little niche going here. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, we start thinking about like, where can we, how can we as entrepreneurs sort of like think about what we have to offer and how that can be specialized, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Cause people like, you know, like you just found out people need that. They're looking for that, you know, like those are legitimate concerns, you know, as to how to address them. And there's not a ton of information, you know, about like Coastly. We, we co-slept with my son. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, like I said too, like I did absolutely no research on breastfeeding because that wasn't what was kind of Mm-hmm. made to seem important to me, you know, not that right. it's any, I don't think anybody like meant to keep it from me, but like, that just wasn't. Well, you just thought my boobs are supposed to do this thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh. That's what we'll do. Like, what's the big deal, right? Right. Yeah. It was so <laughs> not like that. And I mean, I know, I don't think, I don't know if this has anything to do with the way I was breastfeeding or anything, but I got mastitis like oh. two times, two or three times. Oh. And it was, no. oh my God, it was, uh, it was awful. But with my son, oh. so. I had my daughter. She was my first one. I uh, had her in at Skyline uh, in mm. 2010 and it was fine. Like it, there was nothing bad about the experience. Like I've heard horror stories from some people, but it was fine. Oh, no. You know, um, no painkillers, no epidural, anything like that. So with my son, I wanted to, a different experience. Like I said, not that it was bad. So I had him at home um, and mm-hmm. my midwife, it was just a completely different experience. You know, it was 180 mm. from each other. And oh yeah, she gave oh, me I some- had Thing. hospital Every, birth and mm-hmm. home birth. Yes. 
totally. Yeah, it's so cool. Like it was just so relaxed and she gave me some herbs and I didn't get mastitis with him. And oh, yeah, like my milk came in like way too fast for him. And so she helped me through all that. Like, and then like, you know, with my daughter, when I left the hospital, that was like, all right, bye. See you later. Like, right. Luck, you know, I'm, done. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going home for yeah. sure. But, um, I don't know where I started my point with that, but anyway. uh, well, you were saying that like, you didn't feel prepared for breastfeeding. Yes. Right. Okay. Thank you. And then so, like coping, well, that's a thing that we just sort of fall into and we're like, is this safe? What am I, is this something I can do, but it feels natural and normal to have my baby next to my body. But people keep saying, I'm going to kill my baby. If I do this, like, what's the deal? Um, this is an area I'm super interested in this area because it's a biologically normal for you to have contact with your baby 24 seven. Right. And so when we separate our babies from us, even physically, like even in the same room, what happens is it's sort of like magnets that are close together, but can't touch. Mm. They pull towards each other. And so baby kind of grunts, 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 grunts all night. Like, where's mom? Where's mom? Right. And mom like anxious and has this high alert state of sleep, which is not super restful. Right. Like, oh, my baby's right there, but he's grunting. So I like wake up every time he has any noise at all because I want to make sure he's okay. Um, and that's our biology is like set up and wired that way so that we want to make sure that our baby is going to be alive. Right. And right. the baby biology is set up because they physically are not mature enough to keep their body temperature stable or their heart rate or their blood sugar or any of that stuff without being on a human body. Right. And so they're set up to go, I need to be on a human body all the time because that's how I can survive. Mm-hmm. And there's food there too, which is nice. It's right. warmth, food. It's, and then there's all this homeostasis that happens that like is invisible to everybody else until we look at their, at their, all their systems and you put them on a human body and every single system gets regulated. Uh, well, by... I mean, it makes sense too. Cause they were just, you know, in us for nine months, you know, and then it's like, Oh, they're out. Okay. He's going to go sleep yes. in his crib. Like that's, that's it's pretty drastic. Completely... Yeah. And the baby's like, well, this is a way to kill me for sure. Because I don't know how I'm going to even survive in this situation. Aww. So the baby literally, well, the baby doesn't know. Right. Well, the yeah. Right. Saying, but this is evolution and I don't know it's 2000, you know, 19 or whatever. Mm. Um, I, or whatever year it is. I can't remember <laughs> uh, too much, too much bubbles. In this <laughs> bit. Um, and, uh, so, so we're in this age of like biologically inappropriate stuff going on for both mother and baby. And no wonder they both suffer. Right. And so like co-sleeping is like saying like, or bed sharing is like saying, you know, here's a way to set it up so that, you know, if you have low risk, you can do the, what is biologically normal for you mm-hmm. and for your baby and have great sleep right? and breastfeed whenever you want. And so why wouldn't people want that? Right. Um, so, yeah. So anyways, the, you know, when you find this stuff out, like as a new mother, I was upset that I was told not to sleep with my baby because I was super sleep deprived, like all new mothers are. And I was like, right. what? why are you telling me that this is going to hurt my baby when clearly the statistics do not match what you're saying? Right. So, you know, you do your own research about it and you're like, oh, why are, why is there such fear mongering around this? Right. There is a 
way, there's research on this. So just to make a long story short, when um, Dr. James McKenna researched this, he was an anthropologist and he had his own babies. And he's like, hmm, why is everybody telling me this about my own baby? And he, he looked at the research and he went, there's no evidence supporting this at all. And he's an anthropologist. And he was like, I'm going to do some sleep studies and I'm going to find evidence whether or not this is true. Mm-hmm. And he said that every book about babies in the 1950s was written by men who'd never taken care of a baby in their life and just had extrapolated what they felt like babies would need or want and based on who they want the baby to become. Right. Not based That's on crazy. or any actual experience with babies. <laughs> figuring that's all the questions that you have, but you might have more. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's just the last one. Well, and it's, I mean, I say one, it's kind of five, but it's just like the fat, your five favorites, but it's pretty quick. Like your favorite book, favorite drink, um, thing to do to relax, favorite thing to watch and place to go. Okay. Let's do those one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Your favorite book. (laughs) My favorite book. Oh, it's so hard. (laughs) I know Um, a lot of people say that. It's so funny. Well, I think my favorite book of all time right now is A Primate's Memoir mm. by Robert Sapolsky. And um, it's just like, it's just so well-written and it ha- it's all about his time in Africa with a troop of baboons and like vignettes about the baboons and like what he finds out about. It's so, it relates to how, who we are um, as a species you know, and how we're, you know, we're, we're honestly, we're not that far. <laughs> right. No, we're really not. <laughs> Baboon troop. But, um, yeah, I love that book. That's, that's really one of my favorites. That's cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. I love stuff like that. Um, I almost like mm-hmm. minored in anthropology and, and oh, like, um, one other one, I can't remember God colleges 20 years ago, but I just love like, you know, just all, you know, all those different kind of adventures yeah. and learning about things and species and, yes. and all that kind of stuff. Very cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, so your favorite drink. My favorite drink. It can um, be anything. It doesn't have to be like, you know, alcoholic or call. I mean, anything. Oh, um, I, I'm still such a wine fan. <laughs> Me too. Well, and then being in the gorge, we're so spoiled <laughs> with we're wine so and spoiled. beer. And I have my favorite beer is stout, a oh, dark nice. stout. Mm-hmm. And my wine is um a a, a red zinfandel mm, me too so. I, like the, I like the big reds i'm right there black dot black dot by yes. uh, oh my god the main that's, mm-hmm. that's oh awesome uh it's yeah. fu- funny story i worked as a winemaker uh for four years <laughs> and i learned everything from alexis <laughs> mm. so they're awesome oh, wow. so you're close with them you know it was 2007 through like 2000, whatever, 11. So I have not seen them in a few years. Uh, we kind of uh-huh. started our own small business on like in Carson and that we got uh-huh. so busy, but, um, yeah, I need to go out. Like I haven't even been out to like their new tasting room. Not that it's probably new anymore. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. Well, they, I think they stopped making black dot and I'm going to have to find it. Yeah. Ah. Because I can't, I can't get it anymore. And I used to get it all the time at like solstice and then they stopped having it. And now then I would get a bottle at like volcanic and I think that's out now. Wow. That's surprising. Cause it was one of his bigger ones. 
I don't know if it was just so unique that he couldn't replicate it or what, but like, oh, I, I think you really need to start a protest in front yes, of Yes, you should. Like, <laughs> we should go come together and go protest. Cause like I said, I haven't <laughs> well, been out like- there in forever. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's the next one? I forget. Uh, thing to do to relax. Oh, hiking in the woods. Mm. Number one favorite. And if I can run even better to music, I'd love that. Oh, fun. Yeah. We just went out and did Tamanawas Falls. And um, if you haven't done it yet for like the fall, it's just so pretty. The colors are amazing right now. Oh, ooh, check. Double check. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite thing to watch? On TV? Or Um, anything. Or anything. (laughs) So my friend just tipped me to this amazing um, show on Amazon called Undone, mm, and it's it's done like a graphic novel. Like it looks drawn, but the characters all look. It looks like they filmed it, but then put it through some processing and drew it. Really? It's really, uh, yeah. It's, the stuff it's, they come up with these days, it's amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. And the subject like matter and the writing is really good. Yeah. I would, it's only like one season worth. You can binge it in a day if you're mm. homesick. Like I have been recently. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very, very good stuff. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah. what's your favorite, where's your favorite place to go? Um, let's see my favorite place to go in the gorge. Um, I love going down to the spit. Um, when it's not covered in water, (laughs) (laughs) I love walking my dog down there. It feels like, you know, you can get like right in the middle of the river and get Mm -hmm. this great, um, and just, it's just such a pleasant place to be. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I love going down to solstice, their pizza. It just, it's so good. Everything about solstice. I love <laughs> it really. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like the, it's just shout everything. out to Aaron and Suzanne who own it. They're great people. Oh yeah, they are. Um, back when we had our small business, we had a farm and brewery, like they would buy some of our produce and they featured us for some beer and stuff long ago. But, um, yeah, they're, oh, they're that's great awesome. people. Yeah. yeah. Love them. Um, awesome. Uh, so where can everybody find you? This is the last question. Like your, what's your website, social media, all that good stuff. Oh, okay. So I should be better about my social media, but basically <laughs> I'm on, uh, I, I'm at www.honeysucklelc.com. Okay. Um, I just lowered my prices a little bit for, um, for however I, because I'm not in an office anymore. I'm doing home visits. Um, and you know, I can do video consults and prenatal consults or whatever. Um, and, uh, and on Facebook, I'm at, um, I think it's Honeysuckle LC. I can't remember exactly my Facebook, uh, tag thing, but, um, pretty easy to find. It could, oh no. You know what, where I'm at is Honeysuckle, um, lactation and postpartum support. That's okay. the full. Uh, oh wait, I just looked cause I had your website yeah. up. <laughs> it's yeah. Honeysuckle LC, um, on Facebook Ooh, and I just went and liked it. Oh, good. And, um, and then the group, if you want to join the postpartum group, um, you can join It's It's called Columbia Gorge postpartum support. And it's linked to my Facebook page, which is honeysuckle postpartum support, uh, honeysuckle lactation and postpartum support. I know that's long, but it's like, I want people to know I'm also a postpartum doula. So, um, 
yeah. So I, I, I want people to know that, that that's something that I do too. Awesome. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll put all that in the podcast notes so people can find you. Um, awesome. Cause yeah, it is so necessary. I love what you're doing. Um, you. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate taking the time to, to do this and I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like I said, I'm so glad we were able to finally connect and, um, yeah, we're gonna have to go drink some wine in, in real life. (laughs) Yes. We'll go, we'll go drink our lab, the last bottle of, of black dot in protest over at Leon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week.